Hi, this is Jill Jarris. From September 2017 through April 2020, this podcast was known as Olympic Fever. We've since changed its name to keep the flame alive, but we're committed to keeping our back catalog available to you. So please keep the name change and this disclaimer in mind as you listen to it. Olympic is a trademark of the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee, or USOPC. Any use of Olympic in the Olympic Fever podcast is strictly for informational and commentary purposes. The Olympic Fever podcast is not an official podcast of the USOPC. The Olympic Fever podcast is not a sponsor of the USOPC, nor is Olympic Fever associated with or endorsed by the USOPC in any way. The content of Olympic Fever podcast does not reflect the opinions, standards, views, or policies of the USOPC, and the USOPC in no way warrants that content featured in Olympic Fever is accurate. Thanks for listening, and now on to the show. I feel so official now. <laughs> Mesdames et Messieurs, the greatest festival of our contemporary society, the Olympic Games, is about to begin. This is going to be close. Oh! You can do it! You can do it! Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant! But that is an Olympic champion. Ready? Hello and welcome to another episode of Olympic Fever. I am your host, Jill Jarris, and I am joined as always by the lovely Allison Brown. Hello, Allison. Hello, Jill. And how are you doing today? We're actually together in the same room again. So I know. It's so exciting. And I, I am exhausted. <laughs> we had a we had a very we had a very long day today. A good day, but a very yeah, long day. Fantastic day. Why? Because today um, is the hundred days celebration before the Olympic Games began in Pyeongchang. I know. We found out we've been saying it wrong all this time. I know. I feel bad. So it's 100 days before the Games, and that's kind of a big, uh, here we're all getting ready to go around the world. So um, traditionally, this would be the day that the Olympic flame would get to Korea, but it got there yesterday because their torch relay, as we discussed last week, is 101 days. And, and there were some great photos of the flame being flown. Oh, yeah. So, if you, yeah, you should check out the Olympic Flame Twitter account. Right, which is Olympic Flame. And it's fantastic because they yes. show they have um, uh, the, the last ceremony when it was in Greece at the Acropolis. And everything is really super dramatic. And they light the the last torch and then they've got like a couple of lanterns that they light and because uh, they always have backup flames exactly and then they seat belt them into the airplane i know it has a little baby seat okay. a little so, carrier that so yeah, it's, it's, it's the pictures are great yeah so um and, and it's just it's a fun twitter feed all the way around yes. it's so got so much personality so um while that's going on uh, the U.S. is having their own little rally to start the games, and um, there was a big shindig in New York City today. It was um, there were a lot of things on NBC that happened. Um, so, and and then it was the start of uh, Team USA's Winterfest presented by Hershey. Yes, 
Um, Which we mentioned last week. Right, yes. We discussed all the stops they were going to make, but now we've actually seen what this is about. So we're here to tell you all about it. Absolutely. So, yeah, we took the train into New York City, and we stopped by 30 Rock to see what was up with uh, NBC. And um, they said hello to Hoda and Kathy Lee. Right, They were still uh, on air when we we walked through. We saw um, Ed Schneider and Mark Fiedler, our buddies from Olympin. They were down. That Very was, excited to see awesome them. To see them. Yep. And uh, the ice has the Olympic logo in it. Uh, at Rockefeller at Center. At Rockefeller Center. So now when you go ice skating on the rink, probably all through just through the season, it's going to be expect. Olympicized. Yeah. So that was really cool. Then, then, then we walked over to Times Square, right? which is where they had the actual Winterfest. Presented by Hershey's. Right. And all of those events set up. Right. And so we got into a special press uh, conference where they had, uh, they actually, they had about 40 Olympians there who were uh, there to help educate us and interact with fans throughout the event. First, there was the photo op. All the Olympians came out on stage and then they did a press conference with... with a few of the athletes. Right. They had a Q&A. Um, not, I, see, I wouldn't call it a press conference because the press didn't get to conference at that time. They had a little panel where okay. the USOC asked them questions and made it look like a Q&A, get to know you thing. But it was still pretty cool. I'm not going to argue. Yeah, right? We were there, so yeah. I'm not going to argue. Exactly. So why don't we take a listen to how that went? Now, who is that in the front? Oh, there goes the music. It feels so official now. (laughs) We have five Olympic and Paralympic medalists with us here today. Starting on the left, we have two-time Olympic bobsled medalist, Alana Myers-Taylor. Next to her, two-time Paralympic medalist in Nordic skiing, Oksana Masters. In the middle, we have Olympic downhill skiing champion and two-time Olympic medalist, Lindsey Vaughn. Then we have Olympic silver medalist in slow style skiing, Gus Kenworthy. And Olympic bronze medalist in the figure skating team event, Ashley Wagner. So Alana, let's kick off with you. Um, Let's talk a little bit about your Olympic journey. You started off with a bronze medal in Vancouver. You won a silver in Sochi and clearly your eyes are on gold. So tell us a little bit about what you've been up to since Sochi and how you're working to, per- to perform at your highest level and raise the bar even further. Well, everybody who goes to a single Olympics is always trying to go after a gold medal. So the same is true for me. I'm trying to do everything I can to work towards that gold medal. The biggest difference between Sochi and now is it's really been a team effort. You know, my teammates, Jamie Grubel-Poser, Asia Evans, and Lolo Jones are all on stage here. And we've continued to push the bar in women's bobsled and become better and better. We've also been innovative with our sleds and try to push the technology side of things and just get faster and faster on the track. 
And right now, we have the strongest women's bobsled team in the world, and it's because we continue to work together and push each other on a daily basis. Awesome, thank you. So Oksana, you have such an inspiring story. You were born in Ukraine, you overcame some tremendous challenges, and you were adopted and brought to the US. And since you've had your success in sport, you've been such an advocate for young kids to, to get into Paralympic sport. Can you tell us a little bit about your childhood and your upbringing and how you came to be a Paralympian? Um, so yeah, I was originally born in Ukraine and I spent the first seven years of my life in three different orphanages. And my life there was very different than it is now. So when I, my mom adopted me single parent, I was literally 35 pounds and I was turning eight. So I was technically failure to thrive and should not have survived. But um, when I was adopted, I moved to Louisville, Kentucky and got into rowing. I fell in love with rowing and through sports, I transitioned from rowing to cross country skiing to hand cycling. So. I'm a little indecisive in what I want to do, it sounds like. Um, but I really uh, want to inspire the next generation of young girls because when I was going through that period in my life, I did not have someone to look up to and to see like, oh, she's missing legs or they're in the wheelchair or missing their sight. And they're still a, such a successful athlete and representing their country and following their dreams. So I want to be like that example and to basically yeah, show that things are possible, I guess. So, Lindsay, it's great to see you back healthy and hungry this season. We know you started off last weekend, your first GSC I'm hungry over right two, now, too. Two, or almost two years. So tell us a little bit about how it felt to be back on the snow and how that kind of plays into your overall strategy this Olympic year. Yeah, I mean, my main focus this season is definitely the Olympics in February. Um, last weekend wasn't the best start, but I haven't skied that event, in, like you said, in two years. So just a little bit rusty, but I feel healthy. I've been training exceptionally hard this summer. And uh, I've been waiting eight years for another chance at gold, and um, I'm ready. Great, thank you. <laughs> so Gus, take us back a little bit to when you were younger and you just started skiing with your brothers in Telluride. Tell us a little bit about what you foresaw for your future. What was skiing like to you then and what does it mean to you now? What has the Olympic movement given you from when you started out to where you're at here 100 days leading into the next games? Um, yeah, gosh, I mean, if you told me when I was a kid that I'd be sitting in Times Square right now with a bunch of... <laughs> Olympians talking to a huge crowd of people, I would be uh, in disbelief. I mean, I actually wanted to be an actor when I was a kid and skiing was just something I really loved and it was like a passion and I just wanted to get better and better at it. And then having our sport included in the Olympics kind of gave me a sight line, it gave me something to strive for. And the last games making the team was incredibly strenuous, but just securing that spot was a huge relief for me. And then getting on the podium and being a part of the sweep with Nick and Joss was just an amazing experience and it's honestly set me up for um, a life that I couldn't have imagined. It's given me so many incredible opportunities that I really just could never have guessed would have happened and it's amazing. And awesome. now 100 days out, I couldn't be more excited to try and do it again. Too. You grew up as a military child, so you did a lot of traveling with your family. 
And I've read that figure skating kind of grounded you and gave you something that was consistent from place to place. How did it help you growing up and, and what did you aspire to as a young athlete? So I moved nine times in 10 years. Um, that's not fun as a kid. I was painfully shy. I was always the new kid, never knew anybody. Um, that's my sad tale, it gets better after this. And I was introduced to skating when I was five and my parents were so incredible. They saw what it was for me at such a young age and they always made sure no matter where my dad was stationed, there was a rink that was within driving distance. My mom, uh, we lived in Kansas, she would drive an hour each way a couple times a week to get me to a rink so that I would have that one thing in my life that was familiar and comfortable. And because of that, I think skating became this huge part of my identity. It's who I am, it's where I feel at home. And because of that, I was able to, you know, go through the struggles, the, the highs and lows on the, on the road to becoming an Olympian. And I pushed through because skating is, is who I am, it's what I do. And going into this Olympics, I'm more determined than ever to get onto that Olympic podium. Thank you. We'll head back down to Alana. So Alana, you're quite the multi-sport athlete. You started out in softball, collegially, professionally. You played with the U.S. Women's Seven Rugby's team. Um, tell us a little bit about how a sport like bobsled, where athletes don't start at young, young ages, how bobsled can still inspire kids to be healthy and fit and to pursue the Olympic values and their Olympic dreams. Well, very simply put, bobsled is all about sliding down a hill as fast as you can. And we've all done it. Whether you're in a winter sport or you're in a winter area, you've rolled down a hill, you've sledded down a hill, you've done something to go down a hill fast. So in our sport, we like to just encourage kids to get out and play, get out to explore. But more importantly, bobsledders convert from a variety of sports. I converted from softball, we've got volleyball, we've got track and field. Athletes come from anywhere and then convert into bobsled. So we really try and encourage kids to be active in a multitude of sports when they're growing up, and then come to us after college and we'll convert you into the best bobsledders in the world. Good deal, thank you. Oksana, you're coming off a historic, historic year at the 2017 World Championships, winning five medals, four of them gold in Nordic skiing. Tell us how that sets you up for Pyeongchang and now what you're aiming for, having had such a great lead in here. Um, the difference between now and four years ago in Sochi, I started cross-country skiing and I did that for only about a year. So I had zero expectations to do anything except just to kind of enjoy the, the peril and the winter games. Um, and yeah, I'm still honestly on like a little bit of a high because it was an unexpectedly, surprisingly really good season for me last year. And now I'm able to train more as tactical racing and more focus on like being an aggressive skier versus just learning how to ski and be so new. And the biggest thing is I have a lot more confidence and that is kind of huge going into the Paralympic Games is you can't doubt yourself on the start line at all. And so on the start line, I'm gonna be 100% confident in my training and 100% confident in myself as a cross country skier and a shooter because I've proven I can do it, so yeah. So Lindsay, as one of the most accomplished alpine skiers in history, you've said this maybe, probably, might be your last Olympics. 
what what are you hoping to accomplish? What what is on your bucket list for Pyeongchang in the years ahead? And maybe just as importantly, how do you want to be remembered? Well, I'm 33, so I'm like I'm pretty old. In this oh, honey. Um, you know, I, I don't know if this will be my last Olympics. I think it will be, but um, I'm just focused on right now, uh, this season. I'm definitely going to ski another season after that, but um, I don't know what the future holds. You know, every time I try to plan it out, it never really works out <laughs> the way I hope. So I'm just going to keep every door open and keep working hard, and uh, everything will turn out the way it's supposed to. Perfect. So Gus, Team USA has become quite the powerhouse in the freestyle skiing disciplines. You were a part of a sweep of men's slope style in Sochi. How does it benefit Team USA to have such a deep, talented pool of athletes? And what is it like competing both with and against each other? Um, well, the US definitely is one of the strongest countries in the world for both the disciplines that I compete in, half pipe and slope style. And it's amazing because it means that we're training well, we're doing something right, obviously, and it makes the chances of metal sweeps and things like that super, super possible. But uh, it also makes it really difficult to secure a spot on the team because you're not fighting with one or two other guys from your country that are at the top level. There's like 10 guys in the top that could be at the Olympics, but only four can go because that's the maximum per discipline per gender. So it's, it's very intense but I think that it just makes our competitive edge that much stronger and that much better when we get to the games. And um, we saw a sweep in, in Sochi, and I think that it's absolutely possible to see that in Pyeongchang in, in either of the slope style disciplines, either in the free ski disciplines. Cool. Um, Ashley, finishing things up, like a lot of these athletes, you flew straight to New York from a competition, winning bronze medal at Skate Canada last weekend. Congratulations. Thank you. I believe you've been on the international circuit for years. You're one of the veterans of the of the figure skating circuit. So tell us how that gives you a competitive advantage and how that takes form in your skating and what we'll see this year. So I am 26 years old and in figure skating that's old as dirt. I am competing against girls who are not even alive when I started skating. So that's my everyday reality. So if you guys ever feel bad, think about that. You get it! So, I am uh, the youngest veteran that there ever was, but uh, I think that it's an advantage. At the end of the day, I have this competitive experience. I have, this is my third Olympic cycle. I know what to expect. I have been competing on the senior circuit for 11 years at this point. And I think that going into these events, I know how to control myself. I know to handle whatever life throws at me. And uh, when like I'm out there, I'm performing and, and I, I've experienced life, I've lived a life. So if I'm skating to a, a love story and I have to emote those feelings, it's believable because I, I've experienced life. So I think that there is a lot to be said about being 26 and living in a 15 year old's world. <laughs> Can we get a round of applause for our panelists? Well, what did you think of the panel, first off? Clearly they knew what questions were coming, so that was a, a little lack of spontaneity. Right, and very you know, staged and rah-rah and yes, empowering. But, but fun nonetheless. Yes. It yeah. was fun to watch. They, it was enjoyable to see the, mm -hmm. these, the athletes in person. You know, right. obviously. And, yeah, and they look different 
from what you normally I, see them as. Yes, and very different from how they look on television. You know, right. I had commented about Ashley Wagner. Right. Who on TV looked very... Like, I expected skaters to be more delicate. And she... And this is going to make it sound like I think she's this big, tough girl. But she was taller than I expected and, and stronger than I expected. And, and she's yeah. a very composed woman. Yeah. She's not a little... I think I said in the... When we were there, I was like, oh, she's not a delicate little flower. No, no. She's a very strong, composed woman, which is wonderful to see. Yeah, it was really exciting yeah. to see her. And uh, I really like the fact that her maturity and length of time in the sport really shows yes. that all of that maturity really shows. And um, just she has a lot of confidence. She looks like she's having fun out there. There's almost... I don't really care. Not not I don't really care, but a little less filter than, like, say we saw from Lindsey Vaughn. Lindsey Vaughn was very practiced. But not surprisingly so. Right. Disappointingly so. Right. It, which is different than, than being surprised by it. Um, one thing that we noticed, she wasn't wearing the same uniform as everybody else no it was really weird it was kind of odd like she wore what she wore everyone else had i guess a shirt that they had been given for this event right and they had their white jacket their white jacket and and she wasn't and i think she was the only one who wasn't yeah she just and she didn't stay for the press conference no 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 she stayed for 10 minutes oh that kids originally she was not staying at all right but I can understand why. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's been... She's been ra- competing. She's been... She had a bad weekend. She had a tough race. Right. And she's been raked over the coals. Yeah. At various points in her career. So I can understand her reaction. I didn't enjoy it. And right. I wish they had chosen somebody else right. to be on the panel. Right. Who would have been a little more open. Right. And, but but I, don't, I just don't think we were going to get open no matter what. Not but, just, we weren't. Yes. But that all changed. Not all, well, that all changed, but. <laughs> <laughs> it did change when they got off the stage. Right. And we got to just talk one-on-one right. with a so, lot of different people. Yeah, then it was really cool because we got an hour where they had divided up the athletes into four different zones. And you could go have some one-on-one time with them. And, and chit-chat. So we went out and we talked with a whole bunch of people. And I'm so excited about this because we've got some good stories coming up. Yes. And it, it was a lot of fun. They yeah. were really just great. Yeah. Then we got to hang out at the festival. Then it was really the, the Winterfest presented by Hershey's. Yes. Then we really got into the Hershey part yes. of the Winterfest. Which was fantastic. Yes. Because we had a lot of fun. There's a lot of stuff to do. Allison had her first s'mores today. I did. I, and, and s'mores, plural. Yes. <laughs> it is very gooey. There was some concern about whether it would be gooey or not. It okay. is. It's like they, they made s'more. It's, they it's made real s'more. Okay. I think it's a quick s'more because it's not super toasty marshmallow. But what do you think? Mouthful. Nice. That is quite tasty. Mm. I would like it a little meltier. Right. For but fast, for, yeah, that, for truck food s'more. That is quite good. Wow. What have I been missing all these years? My goodness. 
you'll be building campfires from now on. I know. I have no idea. I blame my mother. She never let me have a s'more. I'm, I was a, a deprived child. We uh, did the virtual reality skeleton ride, which was interesting. Which was a little... So they put you on a platform. They put they you on put a you, sled, a skeleton sled, sled type thing. So you're lying on it. Yes. So you're you're on your belly and they put a VR helmet, well, mask really on right. you. And then you do this and the, the platform shakes. Right. As you go down turns, you go through a course. It's like a skeleton course, then it becomes a course of Olympic colors and rainbows and... It was trippy. Yeah, then it got trippy, and then you went back to ice. But probably the coolest part of it is it's in a giant blow-up snow... So it was like we were human snow globes. Yes, that was really cool. That was, I think, the coolest part. And and there's like a whole preparation thing because you had to go to... Like, they couldn't open the whole back of the snow globe, otherwise it would... Collapse, so you had to go into like a, a decompression chamber <laughs> and hang out there, and, and it was we like did. staging. You know, you had your holding your holding chamber, and then you could go into the real thing, and then and then on the way out, you had to like stay into the holding chamber until you were allowed to. And there could have been an international incident because we were airlocked with the two French teenagers. Yes, there could that, have been. That could have been bad, right? But they had their cell phones, so they were, yeah, they were good. Yeah. yeah, they were they were very pleasant. But, <laughs> and that's actually one of the other fun things uh, in doing this because when we were walking around and literally bumping into people, we met you know we met someone from the curling club near me. Oh yeah, that was and fantastic. And we met uh, people who traveled to other things, and of course, like we ran yeah. into our pin guys again, and so that was also fun. So you're yeah. with a whole bunch of other people who like this sort of thing, right? Too. And you're all having a good time, and, and you're all having a good time, and getting samples of Hershey's Hershey's new, brand new candy bar, yeah, Hershey Gold. Yeah, and that was it's it's tasty. I will say it's tasty. Did I didn't, you, you I didn't try one. one. No, I haven't oh, yeah. tried one yet because okay. I'm still a little full <laughs> on my s'mores. <laughs> I'm a little chocolated from my s'mores. <laughs> Um, and it's got peanuts and pretzels in it and little caramel. And it is, in fact, gold color. Yes, it is gold color. So it is, it's it's really interesting and it's it was tasty. I appreciated the samples. There you go. Um, you can also go to the um, Mondelez booth and have a selfie taken. They give you a, a, give you a jacket to put on, Team USA jacket. Yes. Which is very cool. I got a little excited about the jacket. Yeah. I'm going to grab you an Olympian jacket. All right. Oh! Okay, sorry. <laughs> That's awesome. And then we're encouraging am... people to, to use your phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take the phone yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. I'm like a two-year-old. I'm sorry. There's nothing wrong with that. We, we appreciate the excitement. I'm like, oh my god. I, I get to put on the jackets. The jackets are really awesome. And they have a little podium that you can stand on. And then they'll give you your choice of Oreo, Chips Ahoy, or Ritz to bite like people bite the gold medal. Yeah, right. And it's it was this, cool. And then it, I don't know if the Toyota booth will be. I think so. I everywhere. Think going, yeah. You think that's going everywhere? Because then you can make a tote bag or a water bottle personalized with all these different icons and emblems and pictures. And that was the coolest that really was so cool. That was the best souvenir. Yeah. I love 
like a silly little tote bag with my snowman on it. Yeah. I did. And yeah. yeah, I got a USA tote bag with some snowflakes and a little, I put a snowman on mine. And that was just, it was just so new and different. That was really, really cool. So Right. And then they had a curling. Street uh, curling. Street curling where the fake stones had wheels on them. Right. I didn't really understand it, but they had somebody explaining curling as you tried to throw the stone. Okay. So that's cool. So that was pretty interesting. And then he did it a couple of times and everyone who came out of it said, wow, that stone is so much heavier. Everyone was struggling. Yeah, really. So it must have been a heavy stone. So I think it was weighted properly. Oh, nice. And then they were yeah, because the stone is heavy. It's really, it's really heavy. Um, And then they had a bobsled there that you could hop in and take a picture and put it on boomerang. Yeah, it was a boomerang. They would take a boomerang, a little mini video. Yeah. And they had the medals and the torch. (gasps) They were cool. We got to see those in person. Really cool up close. Allison is going up to check out the medals and the torch. What do you think? I like them less in person. Really? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, they are beautiful and they are shiny, so I do like the shiny. The silver is a little dull. I mean, I like that wavy pattern. Yeah. I like the size. They're not overly large like some of the ones we saw. And I like the torch. I think the I torch love has the got torch. to be beautiful at night. With I, the little stars. Yeah, and the gold in yeah, there. I yeah. love the torch. And if you see, this I didn't notice before. There are stars on the handle. Oh, I did not notice as well. that either. Yeah. That that's true. Very, very that's cool. really pretty. So I'm going to hold judgment until I see it. On in, a screen? Well in the lit. metal sem- ceremony. Okay. Because we had the experience where I saw many of them in person at Lake Placid, and I liked them better than I had seen them on TV. On TV, so I'm interested, curious to see what my reaction is going to be when I see them on the medal ceremony. Interesting. So I'm going to hold judgment till I have a full. <laughs> but they're very traditional in a way, right? You know, it's a normal size. It's a normal material. It's not like Nagano mm-hmm. or Soshi or um, Alberville, where they used a lot of not gold, silver, bronze right. in it, which I definitely right. do not like. So it was, you know, you get a gold medal, it's a gold medal. Right. Which so I love. And the yeah. ribbon was beautiful. Yeah, the there was something about beautiful. the ribbon that was really striking yeah. in person yeah. that I didn't notice in the original photograph. So that was cool that to was see in person. That was very cool, right? And um, the, the mascots, we met the mascots. <gasps> oh my gosh. How could we forget? <sighs> it might have been the best part. We had mascots yes. and Team USA Spirit the Bear. The Pyeongchang, Pyeongchang, <laughs> the mascots for the Winter Olympics and the Paralympics are the cutest. They are adorable. Way to bring it back. Really, Organizing committee. Really great mascots. Those are going to sell to children, I think, like crazy. Oh, I hope so. Because just the tiger is oh. adorable. He's got the cutest little smile. Um, and his big, he has this big oval head and he was very cuddly, even in the dress up person mascot size. And the bear was fantastic. The bear, the Paralympic bear, I just loved because he's got personality. His eyes were a little shifty and he's got this little smile on him. And it, it didn't hurt that the 
that he was just joking around. Right, the person in the bear suit. Yes. Actually in both, both the bear and the... Yeah, they really played off each other very well and were like fawning around and... uh, Great for pictures. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that helped too. (laughs) We have have some pictures of poor spirit, the bears just standing there looking dejected. (laughs) (laughs) Like he wasn't invited to the cool kids party, but then later on he was. Then he got hugs and he was better. Yeah, Yeah, no, they just, the mascots were so, so they were so cute. I'm surprised they didn't have more mascot things. Right. Like there wasn't a, an organizing committee booth of stuff to sell. Because they had a, a Team USA booth of uh, things you could buy. They had right. a little pin sanity tent where you could buy some pins. Right. But um, they didn't have like mascot things. No, no. Because it was all, it, but that was all Team USA stuff. But still, I right. would think the USOC would. I would expect to be able to buy a piang. Oh, no, no I'm going to have trouble. <laughs> We're just not saying it. Not saying it. The P word. A, a, a 2018 mm-hmm. Winter Olympic mascot. Yeah, there you go. They, we'll and go then, with that. Yeah, yes. and, well, the, and then the last thing that they really had by, oh, they had a selfie uh, truck. Where you can meet some athletes and they have autographs and different, you know, presentations. Right. They had a lot of selfie spots. Yeah. Which yeah, was fine. Which was yeah. great. And yeah, a lot of signs fun. saying, right. post your selfie with this yeah. hashtag or that yeah. hashtag, which yeah. you, you know, expect. You expect yeah. yeah. Um, and then they had uh, all those trees. They had all these Christmas trees. Yes. And with, the sleds. With uh, sleds. So each of the sponsors of the team had a sled that they decorated. And those were really cool, too. Those were a lot of fun. Um, and then... At least at this one, they had a trampoline where the snowboard and uh, ski aerialists would do jumps and tricks. I don't know. I'm sure at different uh, venues, they will have different demonstrations. You know, when they're in Lake Placid, maybe they'll act, or in Park City, they will have more. I mean, we were in Times Square. There wasn't a whole heck of a lot. No. But it was funky to see them do their jumps in the air. Yeah, I was a little nervous for them. Yeah, right. I know. But, yeah, if you get the chance to go. And there are musicians playing. Right? So Yeah, there was going to be bands at all the different events. Yes, we had music while we were there. um, And then music in the evening. It was just, it was fun. It was fun. Fun way to start the... The countdown. Yes. Fun. And they had the, the fake snow spraying. Oh, yeah, that was really cute. Yeah. New York, November 1st, is not going to have snow, but, you know, but at least they, they did tried. have that. And that was fun, actually, yeah. to have the snow spraying around as we were yeah. walking around. Yeah. Though it did stick to us a little That's excessively. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. Worth it. <laughs> totally worth it. <laughs> so, and on that note, I mean, we're going to close it out for this week. Because we're tired. We're tired. so tired. We're so tired. We can't even end the episode. We're so tired. We're just going to fall asleep. <laughs> you, you finish it up yourselves, listeners. Go ahead. Go for it. We'll see you next week. I know. 100 days. 100 days. Stay in touch. Email us at olymfever at gmail.com. That's O-L-Y-M fever at gmail. 
You can also leave us a voicemail at 530-763-3837. That's 530-70-FEVER. We're on Twitter at OlimFever, and you can join in the conversation at our Facebook group, Olympic Fever Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep the flame alive. Chung. How many people say Chang? Chung, right? Chang, Chung, we'll get it down.